Hello, my friends. Pastor Steve Waldron, New Life Pentecostal Church, Albany, Georgia. We're going to be looking today at biblical archaeology. And so this is our first episode of our biblical archaeology website. And what better place to start with the first episode of biblical archaeology, of which there are so many hundreds of evidences of the Christian faith in biblical archaeology, than with extra-biblical creation accounts. I'm going to be reading today. Day, I was managing editor of Premier Study Bible. Many of you may know that. Uh, that was printed by Thomas Nelson Publishers. And I was also in charge of the archaeology there, taught it at a college level. So we're going to look at how Genesis and especially the creation account, is somewhat corroborated by extra-biblical creation accounts. Now, most civilizations throughout the world have some type of creation narrative, something where they say, this is how the world began. And, of course, most of it is fanciful. And some people try to superintend pose some fancifulness like a uh, canopy, not a vapor canopy, but like that the moon and the stars and the sun are only 30 miles above the earth and all this and say that the Hebrew cosmology actually teaches that. I'm going to tell you, I've read Genesis 1 and 2, uh, chapters 1 and 2, many dozens of times. I've never seen that. And so I would say that is a false narrative. That's just something that tries to mythologize uh, the biblical narrative. So let's jump into just a couple of these extra-biblical creation accounts. So um, reading from the Premier Study Bible, this is uh, page 4, the Babylonian Enuma Elish, which means when on high, and the Atrahasic epic, which means exceedingly wise, are two of the oldest known creation stories dating to the, near the end of the 3rd millennium B.C., or the 2000s B.C. It is apparent that they are inferior to the biblical creation account on many levels. However, they do blend elements of the Genesis account with paganistic myth. The Enuma Elish tells how Marduk became chief of the Babylonian pantheon. The Atrahasic epic in three parts shows how the different supposed divinities of the Babylonians came to have their place. It also mentions the world to be destroyed by a flood in divine judgment, not because of moral capriciousness, which grieved God's heart, but rather at the whims and vindictiveness of a false polytheistic God. So... The Enuma Elish and the Atrahasic Epic. How this works is normally when you have a true witness, you then, over the course of time and man's depravity, once it's repeated, it uh, it begins to break down and certain fanciful elements go into it. So... How you normally tell which is the preceding narrative, what is the fact, is really just that which 
has the least fanciful elements, the most believable, most coherent and cogent elements involved in it. And then it begins to degrade and devolve. It's not something that you know, begins to get more precise with time. It actually kind of follows the second laws of thermodynamics that things are going from a more ordered state to a less ordered state. So I'm going to just share some things with you as well from the internet on the Enuma Elish and where it comes from. And so the Enuma Elish is a Babylonian creation myth named after the opening words. And that's really how the Hebrews named the books of the Bible, you know, the third nine books of the Old Testament as well, like better sheath in the beginning for Genesis, is the Babylonian creation myth. And it was recovered by English archaeologist Austin Henry Layard, which he is a fascinating study in and of himself, in 1849 in fragmentary form in the ruined library of Ashurbanipal in Nineveh, Mosul, Iraq. A form of the myth was first published in English by Assyriologist George Smith in 1876. Now, I would want to pause here and say George Smith was a Bible-believing archaeologist who was the field leader in Sumerian and Assyriology and Babylonian and Akkadian and really showed how... Uh, they confirm the Bible message. And so we may do some, we've got some books by him. We may do some uh, looks at uh, George Smith at some point. So active research and further excavations led to near completion of the text and improved translation. The Enuma Elish was about a thousand lines as recorded in Old Babylonian on seven clay tablets, each holding between 150 and 170 lines of Sumerio-Akkadian cuneiform or cuneiform. I was taught it was cuneiform, but it's kind of in thing to say cuneiform now. Script. Most of Tablet 5 was never been recovered, but aside from this lacuna, the text is almost complete. And uh, a lacuna is a gap in a manuscript inscription. Um, the epic is one of the most important sources revealing the Babylonian worldview. On the seven tablets, it describes the creation of the world, a battle between gods focused on the supremacy of Marduk, the creation of man destined for service of the Mesopotamian deities, and it ends with a long passage praising Marduk, the owl god. You know, it's kind of funny how things, you know, the more things change, more things stay the same. You know, it, when people get into conspiracy theory and conspiracy types and all that, Bohemia Grove, they say there's sacrifices. It's probably just some kind of ritualistic something to uh, Marduk, the owl god. So that's, that's kind of fascinating. I think the owl was actually, again, those that are into conspiracies and all that, the real Illuminati, not the weirded out conspiracy Illuminati people make up. Uh, but in 1776, the owl was there. Uh, the Owl of Minerva was like their symbol. But anyhow, uh, its primary original purpose is unknown, although a version is known to have been used for certain festivals. There may also have been a political element to the myth centered on the legitimization or primacy of Mesopotamia over Assyria. Some later versions replaced Marduk with the Assyrian primary god Asher, which uh, very well could be mentioned in scripture. Um... 
There's also various copies of it. There's a version from the Archaeological Library of Ashurbanipal, dates from the 7th century BCE, which I say BC, you know, before Christ, not before the Common Era. The composition of the text probably dates from the late 2nd millennium BC or even earlier to the time of Habarabi, dating to the old Babylonian period. So, again, this is just something that uh, contributes to the Babylonian worldview. But, again, as you read it, and, uh, again, to me, it quickly becomes apparent when you compare it with Genesis 1, 2, and 3, that it... Uh, it pales in comparison. It's it's very definitely myth. Whereas when you read Genesis one, two, and three, that it comports with science. It comports with what we see, the observable world. If you were going to start like Descartes did, and say, "I think, therefore I am," and just go from there, you would look at Genesis one, two, and three as a very plausible explanation of the world. Whereas the Enumelish is not. The Atrahasis epic, 18th century B.C., Akkadian epic recorded in various versions on clay tablets, named for its protagonist, Atrahasis, the exceedingly wise. Atrahasis tablets include both a creation myth and one of three surviving Babylonian flood myths. And that's fantastic of itself because there's 427 different flood legends from every part of the globe. And so that seems to be pointing back to an event that put a very definite indention in man's heart. And again, that would lead one to believe in that there was an actual event that these other uh, flood myths were looking back to. And that, Lord willing, would be for another episode, another time. So the oldest known copy of the Atreus Epic tradition can be dated by Colophon scribal identification to the reign of Hammurabi's great-grandson Amma Saduka. However, various old Babylonian fragments exist and the epic continue to be copied into the first millennium BC. So, it's been my experience that beginning from the earliest times in Scripture all the way literally through the book of Revelation that archaeology rightly understood confirms scripture. Now there's many different uh, postulations, different hypotheses, various finds, but every place that the Bible can be confirmed, it seems to be confirmed. And so this lends great credence to the fact that the Bible is the most examined book in the world, really, and with critical inquiry. But then it's also the most proven book in the world. So extra-biblical creation accounts, far from showing uh, that Genesis chapters 1 and 2 are some type of mythology, actually tend to lend credence to the superiority of the Genesis account. And many people, you know, make the fact, well, Moses didn't write till the 1400s BC. These were written, you know, either side of 2000 BC. So the oldest is best. But Moses, you know, he saw the hinder parts of God, so to speak, Genesis, uh, Exodus 33, 34. 
And so he was having divine revelation from the one who was there, God, describing the events. So I hope you subscribe to this podcast. We also have New Life of Albany, Georgia. It's where I pastor YouTube channel, Facebook page, uh, website. Love for you to come be part of the family. So God bless. Love you. Talk with you later. In Jesus' name.